Welcome to the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm Erin Summers. Week two of Saints training camp presented by Rouse's Markets continues with the first closed practice of the week Wednesday. The Saints were out of pads and indoors once again due to weather. Coming up in today's episode, I got a chance to catch up with Charles Davis, current NFL analyst for CBS. But first, some big news out of camp today, the arrival of safety Tyron Matthew. Matthew participated in walkthrough and individual drills today. Head coach Dennis Allen said it was great to have a player of that caliber back. I love having him back. It was great to see him last night, got in last night, um, had a chance to visit with him at the hotel. Um, seems to be in really good spirits. He's anxious to kind of get back here and get started. We'll go through a little bit of a ramp up period with him, you know, kind of let him get his feet up under him. But, uh, uh, man, to have a, a, a player of his, you know, decorated ability back in the building as a positive. Is what he missed problematic, would you say, at this point or not? I wouldn't say so. Um, he's a veteran player. Um, you know, when you really want to talk talk about what we're doing defensively from a schematic standpoint, it's not a lot different than what you're going to see in a lot of the other teams. Really, it gets more down to just terminology um, and just some of the, the, the minor little adjustments that we might make. So. Um, I feel like he'll 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 get back in the swing of things there, and, and it won't take long. Um, it's more about just getting him ready for you know football conditioning. Wide receiver Michael Thomas participated in seven on sevens for the first time this training camp, and good news there as he continues to ramp back up after his foot injury. It was awesome. It was awesome. Um, seeing him you know get a few routes, um, you know actually actually go up against a defender. Um, I thought he looked good in, in the plays that he got. I was excited about seeing that. Um, and I think it's another step in the right direction. Is he the kind of guy you have to like, hold back? Like, like, is he wanted to be doing more? Than well, I, here's what I would say is, is, you know, we've had a lot of communication with Mike. And, uh, and, and we've kind of, with his input, we've kind of laid out a plan of what we want to do and how we want to go about getting him ready and and uh, and Mike's been totally on board with the plan and and so I think you know with Mike is you know when you, when you explain to him what, what you're looking for and and uh, you know he feels like he's he's you're listening to what he has to say um, you know I think he he uh, you know he responds well to that and he's been he's been outstanding I'm sorry. Would it be right to say maybe that he could do more, but you're just being extra careful? Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't necessarily go there. You know, um, look, I think he's in a good spot. I think we want to continue to ramp him up. There's a process that this goes through, um, and at some point before we get to the you know regular season, um, we're going to see him in full speed team activities. Um, we have a plan for how that's going to go. Obviously, we have to monitor how he's feeling as we go through that plan, but um, I feel good about where he's at and the progress that he's made. Defensive end Marcus Davenport, defensive end Peyton Turner, and tight end Taysom Hill were not at practice. Davenport remains on the physically unable to perform list. You can check out my camp report with Todd Graffinini, video and photos from practice at NewOrleansSaints.com. Now for Charles Davis. Charles, thanks so much for joining me on the New Orleans Saints podcast. I appreciate it. How are you doing today? I'm doing very, very well, Aaron. Thanks for having me. When you come out to training camp and you're watching the team, what are some of the things that you're looking for? 
for me, it's just, you know, watching them move, watching them work, seeing guys that maybe had injuries before, see how they're moving, see how the rookies are adapting, see if there's a lot of looking around and any confusion and all those things, which is just normal. Um, just kind of get a feel for the team and the organization. You know, sometimes you can kind of feel it. You know, groups that have, kind of have their act together, move with a quiet confidence and ease of, of motion and an ease of, you know, understanding their surroundings. And this is one of those places that has that. Doesn't feel any different with Dennis Allen as the head coach versus Sean Payton? You know, I haven't been here quite long enough to say that there's differences, but in terms of how the practice is going, the speed, the pace, everyone always in motion. That's one of the things I always notice about a Sean Payton team. If you're not on the field in a particular drill, that position was just still usually doing something. And now I'm watching here. Here we are right now, right? There's a seven-on-seven going on. The linemen are split with their two coaches, the tackles, and the interior guys. Over here, the linebackers are working. I mean, it's just typical New Orleans Saints. No wasted motion, no wasted time. Right, exactly. So smooth transition from one head coach to the next. How beneficial is it to have your next head coach come from within your organization? I think it's super beneficial, especially when he is so respected. His unit has performed at a high level, giving giving you a chance to win division titles, a chance to play for the right to go to Super Bowls, things of that nature. The other part is being able to keep on the other side of the ball a Pete Carmichael, which I think is one of the most underrated things of this offseason because he was always there with Sean. And Sean may have called the plays on game day, but Pete coordinated, organized things, was always in his ear. A lot of those ideas were his. Now he is the final stamp, but that transition should be pretty smooth as well. So I think all in all for New Orleans, you couldn't ask for a better, you know, if Sean Payton's going to leave, (laughs) Dennis Allen taking over, Pete Carmichael running the offense, that's kind of blueprint 101. Who are some of the players that you're watching today or that you want to follow their season, how things changed from maybe a different squad that they were with before. Now we have somebody like Tyron Matthew here, yeah. Jarvis Landry, kind of see how they're going to do. Yeah, well, let's just start with those guys since mm-hmm. you brought them up. Tyron Matthew makes an organization better wherever he goes. We've seen it throughout his career. He's going to help that secondary immeasurably. He's still got the fire to play. I compare college kids coming out at his position or doing things he does with him in terms of instincts. Do they have the Tyron Matthew instincts? He's the standard setter. Others are trying to get there. He's still that guy. Jarvis Landry, Juice, look, the way that he goes about things, he's tailor-made for this organization. Remember we talked about no wasted motion, always going hard, always going full speed. Mm-hmm. That's Jarvis Landry and everything that he does. He's going to make that wide receiver room so much better as well. So I, I just love those two. But watching Jameis work now his second year, he may be under new regime, mm-hmm. but we already talked about the fact there's a lot of familiarity um, to see Michael Thomas working his way back. Then to see some of the veteran guys who have always been great, to see them still have it. You know, Demario Davis, to watch Alvin Kamara come out here and do his thing. I'm really excited. But last but not least is, is my kid, Alante Taylor, mm-hmm. University of Tennessee. Guy. He's got a lot of balls here. So I'm very excited about that. But Alante and I forged a relationship during his time there. And I'm so excited to see him get his opportunity here. You, former safety at Tennessee. Alante Taylor coming in here. Cody Burns, his first year here. How familiar are you with both of those recent volunteers? Oh, yeah, very, very familiar with them. You know, we, we always say once of all, always of all. Mm-hmm. VFL, of all for life. So watching them play, watching them persevere during some difficult days while, while they were there, watching how they conducted themselves in a coaching transition last year and 
accepting that and forging forward and not you know oh, I like we like the way we did it before set the new path set the new way and, and, and led the team to a really nice season so it just shows the maturity of those two young men I'm really proud of them it's not just them. There's AK, Shy Tuttle, Marquez Calloway. There's a lot of them out here now. Listen, the orange is everywhere, and we love that. And this gives them an opportunity to be with another with a great organization, contribute to a team that wins division titles and competes for them, and a team that, of course, has Super Bowl aspirations and rightly should. So I'm really excited for all of them. But watching Marquez Calloway, watch him go out and do his thing. He, you know, didn't get drafted like he should have been. That, that didn't deter him, didn't stop him. He's out there contributing like mad. I, I love seeing those stories. Shy Tuttle, same way. Mm-hmm. You talked about Super Bowl aspirations. How about just the makeup of the NFC South? How do you think the Saints are going to fare? Well, the way I look at it, in the NFC South, as we start today, and we know every year, was it 17 of the last 19 years, one team in one division somewhere has gone from worst to first. So every year you're worried about that. In this case, I think until further notice, is Tampa, New Orleans, New Orleans, Tampa, and Chase. Carolina, Atlanta have a lot to prove. But the idea that New Orleans is conceding that Tampa is the team, we know better than that. Mm-hmm. Beat them four straight times in, in regular season. Confounded Tampa last year. Caused a uh, surface tablet to absolutely be destroyed <laughs> by one quarterback in Tampa who's 45 years old as we speak today. But this team... They just want to get there and now have a chance to get back to the playoffs and take on that Tampa team who who spoiled them a couple years ago. How difficult do you think it will be for the Saints to open up the season with two division opponents? Yeah, you know, that's always difficult. But the weird part is, I know it's not college. You know, we have that rivalry and all, but you still have them. I think in some ways it helps teams because in the offseason you see who you're going to play early. Maybe that little extra motivation for your offseason program to prepare and know, hey, we're right into the division when we start. We know what the focus is. We know how important it is. Sometimes it actually works to your advantage, and they're good enough to beat anyone they play. So that, that it's not like they're going into it as underdogs. The entire NFL landscape here, who do you think are the teams to watch that might be in Super Bowl contention? Well, we'll just go, we'll just go real quick. In the division, I already mentioned um, Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. Then, then I think in the East, it'll be interesting to see who comes out of there because it's just such a fight. Can, can Philadelphia elevate over what they did last year? Can Dallas get their mojo back? I think out West, you know, you got to look at the Rams, of course. The 49ers, brand-new quarterback. Um, and then uh, Arizona, they will be the wild card because if they get it down, get it together down the stretch. That's when they're dangerous. But down the stretch is when they've had their issues. And, and last but not least, you talk about the NFC North. That's Green Bay. Mm-hmm. And until further notice, that doesn't change. Could Minnesota challenge? We'll see. But I think all in all, it's Green Bay, it's Tampa Bay, and uh, probably the Rams and 49ers out west. The Saints have that joint practice with the Green Bay Packers coming up. Going to be up there for a week before they play yeah. their preseason game. How much do you think that will benefit the Saints being able to go and play a high-caliber team like that? It can't help but benefit. You get a good chance to go against Aaron Rodgers every day in practice. He won't play in the game, but no yeah. one cares about the game anymore. <laughs> care about the practice sessions. So during that time frame, to match wits with him, match wits with that those new receivers that they have who are breaking their breaking in, Saints secondary gets a great opportunity, a great challenge. I think it's going to be fun for them. And I, Listen, I would do it every time if I were the Saints or whoever. I love joint practices. Yeah. And I don't, I'm not upset about getting out of the heat a little oh, bit, no, going up there. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Go up there and feel a little bit of that, that Green Bay weather mm-hmm. and, of course, taking that Green Bay tradition as well because it's not just Packer tradition. 
on the original franchise in the NFL. Mm -hmm. Make sure you see the Hall of Fame. Do the little tour of Green Bay. It won't take you long. Drive by Vince Lombardi's house if you get a chance. Take it all in. All right, I will. I'll all definitely right. make those stops along the way. You mentioned the Hall of Fame. Sam Mills going in for the Saints yeah. this weekend. What do you remember about him? I remember him in the USFL. I remember him starting up, guy coming out undrafted, playing Division Three, and everybody saying, this little guy, he can't do it. I have a colleague at CBS Sports named London Fletcher, who's, who's like the, the clone of Sam Mills in terms of size, stature, mm -hmm. Division Three, how they played. I think London Fletcher's Hall of Fame quality, but Sam Mills, he did it here with the Dome Patrol, mm -hmm. one of the great leaders there, and then finished off in Carolina, helping them get to an NFC Championship game. And if Trump, of course, we tragically lost him way too soon. A most deserved honor, very excited for him, excited for the Saints to get someone else up on the wall. Any memories that you have about Vince Foley? I know it's a different sport, but in his passing, anything yeah. that you remember about him as a broadcaster? Well, you know, I wasn't around for all the big stuff, mm -hmm. right? Because you go all the way back. But I feel like I'm a historian of sports, and I've heard the calls and, and knew the history from Brooklyn to Los Angeles and him broadcasting all these games. And he also did football. He did basketball. He did everything. And that voice and the storytelling, and I and, and I refer to a lot of things now as like what I call Vin Scully stats. Mm -hmm. And what a Vin Scully stat is to me is somebody does something in the course of a game, and somehow Vin has this like, and that's the first time that's been done on a Tuesday night when the temperatures at 47 degrees or below uh -huh. since such and such. And you're like, only Vin Scully can make that sound great. Anyone else, you're like, what are you doing? Who cares? Right? Yeah. Who cares? Right? <laughs> like, but Vin Scully says, you're like, wow, it's the first time on a Tuesday at 47 degrees <laughs> since 1947. That is so cool. If I say that, everybody tells me to shut up. Vin Scully, the master, absolute master. Obviously, we're all going to miss him. Yeah. What have you enjoyed about your broadcasting career? You've had a long and very glorified <laughs> one, the voice of Madden. Oh, uh, yeah. I've been fortunate. I've been really, really fortunate. And I, I know that every day. And I was actually talking about that with uh, my partner, Bruce Murray. You know, the chance for us to come around and see these training camps, the chance to go into the booth and call games, the chance to meet people such as yourself. You know, we're colleagues, we're peers, we're doing the exact same thing. So, you know, now that I know you, you know me, we can share information, we can talk, we can bounce off ideas, we can do all those things. We keep growing in all this we do, but you do it by the relationships, by all the people you meet. It's not just the players, it's not just the coaches, it's not just the management. It's everything, you know? The fans obviously are involved as well. And with the Madden, you know, that's a whole lot of fun, being yeah. able to be one of the voices along with my colleague Brandon Gordon, And, you know, the fans really care about that. But what's funny is the players don't know that we do that because, you know, we're just voices. Mm -hmm. I've only had two players in my entire time who have said, hey, you're the Madden guy. So no one complains to you about their rating or anything like that? They talk about it. Every time <laughs> I do a game, Madden is so steeped in the deal that someone mentions a Madden term, uh -huh. but they don't know that I'm involved with the game. And it's a lot of fun. I've had two players since I've started doing Madden that realized it was me, and that's been it. Yeah. But the way that Madden is into the game, hey, last week you had four touchdowns. Yeah, you know, if that doesn't improve my Madden rating, I don't know what will. <laughs> hey, you had three sacks in the last time. Yeah, I used my spin, and I hit my stick move, and I mean, it's amazing how they do it. But they're just it's just part of the culture, and that's really cool. And, you know, we just lost Coach Madden, and... He's up there looking down and saying, hey, that's kind of cool. You know, my game and just think how many people know him from the game mm -hmm. and forgot he was a Super Bowl winning coach.
Yeah, and a really good broadcaster you can himself. Put it mildly. Yeah. Put it mildly. <laughs> you guys set the standard for the rest Absolutely. Of I appreciate the time. Thank you so much. It's great having you out here at training camp, and just good luck with your season. Thank you, and good luck to you as well, Aaron, and all continued success to you. Thank you. Thank you to Davis for taking the time to join the podcast. While practice was closed Wednesday, there are still tickets available for fans that want to attend several open remaining practices. August 8th, 10th, and 11th. Head to NewOrleansSaints.com to reserve yours now. Tickets for the open practice at the Superdome on August 21st will open soon. Thanks for joining me on today's episode of the New Orleans Saints podcast. And don't forget, you can subscribe on iTunes so you don't ever miss an episode. Have a great rest of the day and go Saints.